Welcome to the Center Ranch Church Weekly Podcast. We believe that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. Uh, It's an honor and a privilege to be here with you today. Uh, I don't count it any small honor. I'm so thankful for Pastors Luke and Beth and all that they are to my family and to our church and to our community. And uh, genuinely, I love you so much and thank you uh, for this opportunity. So yeah, about me, I'm from Chicago originally. I got saved uh, in 2009. Immediately after getting saved, I went to Bible college in Tampa with Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. Um, From there, I launched into full-time ministry. I've been to Turkey, Italy, Germany, Switzerland, uh, Estonia, which most people have never heard of, and uh, also the Netherlands. So I've been around, but I want to tell you, all of that is a culmination today. I'm so happy to be here today. Amen. All this, all that led up to today and being here. So um, I just want to start with asking everybody a question, if that's cool. How many of you, by a show of hands, would say, like, I want to be used of the Lord? That's awesome. Come on, keep your hands up for a second. I genuinely want to be used of the Lord. Amen. That's almost everybody here. Um, For everyone else, we can take care of that in a few minutes. I'm just teasing. Um, But I want to talk to you about how you can be used of the Lord today. Amen? Amen. If you can turn in your Bible, this will be the foundation verse today. John chapter 15. Amen. John chapter 15. This is one of my favorite verses. Uh, Every verse that I'll be sharing today is also my favorite verse. So um, you can just write it down. Hey, these are all Pastor David's favorites. Uh, But John 15 verse 16 says, you didn't choose me. I chose you and I appointed you that you should go and bear much fruit and that your fruit should remain and that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Amen. So I just want to start off with telling you today, like, you are called, you're chosen, you're anointed, you're appointed. You have been called by God. You did not choose him. He chose you. Amen. So in that show of hands, how many people want to be used by God? God already chose you to be used by him before you ever chose that for yourself. Amen. You are called to go and to produce not just some fruit, but lasting fruit. Amen. 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 Thank you. Uh, So how do we do that? In Mark chapter 16, you can turn there if you'd like to. If not, I I believe it's going to be on the screen. But Mark chapter 16, verse 15, it says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. I'm going to say that sounds good. I want to be included in that. I want to preach the gospel. I want signs and wonders to follow me. Amen. The disciples said the same thing. Hey, Jesus, that sounds pretty good. I want to do the same things that you did. But it's it's one thing to just say, I want that. 
But verse 20 says this, it says, and they went out and they preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs and wonders following. So they didn't just leave it as, hey, that's a bullet point. That's a great thing for Instagram. Hey, like signs and wonders are going to follow me. But they went forward in faith saying, hey, I want to be a part of your ministry, Jesus, and I want your ministry to continue through me. Amen. Amen. That's called the Great Commission. If you've never heard that before, uh, it's a commission. It's a command. It's an order. It's not the great suggestion. It's not the, hey, this is a great point if you get time. This is the Great Commission. This is the mission that you've been called to complete as somebody that's saved. Amen. But the disciples, they took these words seriously because it was Jesus' final words to them. I mean, you can go, uh, I'm a history guy, if you, if you know me, and I, I love studying out uh, the last words of famous people. Usually, uh, if, you, if somebody's planning on dying, then their last words are very selective. It's not like, hey man, I, don't forget to go take out the trash. It is, hey, I wanna leave you something significant, a deposit that's gonna carry you, almost like an inheritance. Um, one of my favorite last words is Andrew Jackson, and he said, I killed the banks, which I think is just a cool, like, last words. Um, also, like, Leonidas said some pretty cool last words, stuff like that. Um, but Acts 1.8, we continue to see more of Jesus' last words, and it says, but you shall receive power when that the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and even unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. I want you to say this with me this morning. Say, I have received power, power with the purpose to be a witness. Amen. And that's true about you. You have received power with a purpose. And the purpose is to be a witness. The purpose isn't for a platform. The purpose is to be a witness. Amen. And in Matthew chapter 28, uh, as you can see, I liked a lot of scripture. Just want to prove my case. Scripture is good. Amen. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority, which is also the word power, all authority has been given to me on heaven in heaven and on earth. Go therefore. Now interesting thing about the word therefore is it also carries the context of the thing before. So all authority has been given to me. So this is Jesus' authority. All authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. Go therefore. There's an exchange that takes place with the word therefore. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. We did this today. We got two people. Two people were baptized today. That's amazing. We have more in the second service. <laughs> baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've, I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Well, why did we baptize people today? Because this is one of the things that he commanded us to do in the Great Commission. We don't, we don't just do this because it's, hey, like, we need to check a box in your, like, religious profile that you've been baptized. No, it's because we are being obedient to the Great Commission 
to baptize people. And people that are being baptized are also being obedient. Amen. So that's, that's also part of the Great Commission. Maybe you never realized that, but that's part of the Great Commission is being saved. So if we take that so seriously of the baptism part, then we also need to take the go and make disciples and go and preach the gospel part just as seriously. Right? Yeah. Teach them to observe all. So that includes the Great Commission. Um, I think, um, and, and I have uh, observed that many times people believe that it's just the church or the church staff or the offices that God has put in the church, apostles, prophets, pastors, uh, evangelists, teachers. It's their job to preach the gospel. But it's not limited just to those with a ministry title or those that work for a church during a week. It is actually, it's not a job requirement of the church. It's the, it's the honor of disciples. Amen. It's the honor of disciples to preach the gospel. Amen. I say amen a lot. I just realized that. I'm sorry. I might as well just say like or um or something else, but amen. So be it. Thank you. So, man, I should take up stand-up comedy. This is good. That's the biggest. Anyway, um, but the power of the gospel, that was made available by Jesus. I think we can all agree to that, right? The gospel, the power of the gospel was, was obtained, was purchased by Jesus. But the gospel is carried by disciples. Amen. I think people get the verse wrong when they said, Jesus said to his disciples, the works that you've seen me do, you will do them as well. Amen. You heard that verse? And you will do even greater works than these. And we think that we're going to be like opening like orbs or, or something or like we're going to point our finger and the light's going to turn on. But that's not the greater works. The greater works is simply this. Jesus purchased something and now it's our job to go and, and do it. So Jesus said, hey, go preach that the kingdom is coming. The greater works is that we can preach that the kingdom is here. Amen. The kingdom is here now. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So as disciples of Christ, we have a responsibility to carry the gospel. So just circling back to the beginning, now that we've read these verses, you are loved, you are called, you are anointed, you're appointed, you're chosen, but you're also empowered to be uh, a witness of Jesus. Amen. And our witnessing is obedience. It's simply that. Just like giving, just like being baptized, uh, just, you know, like not sinning. The Great Commission is a part of obedience. Fulfilling the Great Commission is being obedient to the commandment of Jesus. And the only reason that we are here today, we're sitting here on November 26th, 2023, is because the disciples took that commandment seriously. If they would have said, hey, Jesus, that's a great bullet point. I'll put that in my notebook and I'll tuck it away. We would not be sitting here. But the disciples, they went out and they preached and they preached and they preached. And, and all of them, with the exception of the apostle John, it cost them their life to do so. They believed in what Jesus said. They took it seriously and they went into all the world. I mean, you can pick your favorite disciple. Uh, if your favorite disciple is Thaddeus, which I don't think that's anybody's favorite disciple because we don't know anything about him, or uh, even Thomas. So if anybody of the disciples, Thomas is going to be like, hey, like, I doubt that signs and wonders are going to follow me. But the, the apostle Thomas went all the way to India 
He went all the way to India preaching the gospel, and it cost him his life. Amen. And then after they preached the gospel to them, they got him filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they said, hey, I'm going to teach you all that Jesus commanded me to do, to go and to preach in power. And you can... That trickled down through all of the, the generations. They led somebody who led somebody who led somebody who led somebody. Dot, dot, dot. You're here today. Amen. Hallelujah. But still, I mean, I, I think we're all on the same page today. Thank you, Jesus. But still, here's some like very sobering statistics. They, they, I don't know how exactly they came up with this, this survey, but of the people they polled... 95% of Christians would say that they have never shared their faith with another person their entire life. That is insane to, to me. Of those who do witness, 61% of those Christians would say they haven't shared their faith with somebody in the past six months. 79 is the last statistic, but 79% of Christians have never even invited somebody to church, which I think that's like the easiest one, to be honest with you. But I'm so thankful. Honestly, let's switch gears from like that somber moment there for a second. But I'm so thankful to be a part of a church that doesn't fit in that statistic. Amen? Yeah. Amen. How many of you are, are thankful that you're a part of a church that doesn't fall into those statistics? How many... How many of you are thankful that somebody took it upon themselves to defy the 95% to be a part of the 5% and to preach Jesus to you? Amen. 5%, somebody said, I want to be included in that percentage, and I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell CW about Jesus. Amen. Is it cool if I use your name? Just, okay, cool. Too late. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, and, I, and I also thank God that you're not a part of that 95%. Amen? You're a part of that 5% that's going around and telling people about Jesus. You're a part of that 5% that's been empowered upon high, that's from on high, that's preaching the gospel with signs and wonders following you. Amen? Amen. That's you. You can say that's me. That's okay. That's me. I'm a part of the 5%. And uh, just so you know, it's not to condemn anybody. Also, if you would say, hey, today, like, I'm honestly, I'm not a part of that 5%. Well, that's what today's all about. Right. Amen. You're going to leave this place and we're not going to just be 5%. We're going to be six and seven and eight and nine and 10% of the believers that preach the gospel. Amen. Yeah. So just if you were going to title something today, now that the intro is over, sorry. Um, three easy ways to start sharing your faith today. So I want to get it's. It's easy. Sharing the gospel is easy. It's as simple as talking. <laughs> it's, it's that easy. If you don't share the world's problems, share the gospel. That's a little bit out of order, but that's the, the gist. So the number, number one way, or these are not in any particular order. Actually, as we go through these three, the, the ask is going to be a little bit more on you. So number one, simply invite somebody to church. That is the, the easiest one. Invite someone to church. Um, when I was preparing this, I was thinking, man, like what is something that people easily talk about and invite people to? And I thought about Pastor Jonathan. 
And there's this restaurant that Pastor Jonathan likes in Elkins. And oh, oh my days. If you say, hey, like I think I'm going to run out for lunch. Hey, have you been to this place in Elkins? Dude, I'm having a lunch break. I don't have time to go to Elkins. <laughs> but he's talked about this place so much. I think that he's even like told people about it. They were on the fence. And then he was like, hey, like I'm going to send you. I'll even pay for you to go and to experience it. Because he believes in this place so much. Or, or I think about uh, when I lived in, in Amsterdam in, in the Netherlands. Pastor Luke came and visited me. And uh, when he landed, I was like, hey, do you need anything? Coffee, which I understand. International travel is fun. So I took him to like my favorite coffee shop. And I told you, hey, this is my, my favorite, favorite spot. It was, it's a, just a cool spot also. And you know what happened? I was thinking about this. Pastor Luke came. He experienced it based upon my recommendation. And then the next day when I came, I said, hey, what's your, where you're staying? And I said, hey, do you want to get coffee? I've already been there today. I've already been there by myself. But by my invitation, he started going on his own. He didn't need me to go the second time. And that's how it can be with church. Amen. If we believe in something so much, then we should bring people into that same experience. Right? And that's not just something that I'm saying because like, I'm on staff here. That's, that's Bible. In John chapter 1, we, we meet Andrew for the first time. Andrew was a, at that time was an apostle, or sorry, a disciple of John the Baptist. And, and Andrew was there when Jesus came and was baptized. He was there when the heavens opened over Jesus and he heard a voice saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And Andrew, he, he immediately went and he went to his brother and he said, Simon, you have to see this. You have to come and experience it. You have to come see. This is everything we've been looking for. I found it. And we know, I think we know that story. Anyway, so Simon, his brother, comes to meet Jesus. And before he can, this is how I picture it playing out anyway. Before Simon even has to say, hey, I'm so, and Jesus says, hey, your name is Peter. Your name is Peter. And in that moment, Peter's destiny was unlocked. Why was Peter's destiny unlocked? Because Andrew invited him. You wouldn't have the day of Pentecost without Andrew inviting Peter. You wouldn't have Peter being the disciple, the apostle to the Jews if it wasn't for Andrew's invitation. I don't know if you ever, you've ever thought about that. But Simon meeting Peter completely changed his identity. And I think it's significant today as I was preparing this that he went to his brother. There's, there's some here today that maybe you, like, you can't stand your brother. He's annoying. He's living for the world or whatever. But have you ever invited him into the same encounter that you're having? For it could be your son. It could be your mom. It could be your nephew. Have you invited them into the same encounter and the same experience that you have? All it takes is an invitation accompanied with faith. I'm not going to invite you thinking that you're going to turn me down. I'm going to invite you expecting you to say yes. And I'm going to watch the Lord work and move in their life. So Pastor Chad, if you'd like to come to church next Sunday, this is my personal invitation to you. But this is also like a great time of year to do that. This is the, this is the time of year to capitalize on it. Everybody's feeling more spiritual. Everybody's feeling 
Christmassy, whatever that means. People are feeling like, hey, I'm open. I'm more open to the things of God. I'm probably looking to a place to go to church on Christmas or in the Christmas season to fulfill my, even just fulfill my religious obligation for the year. People are looking for that. So why not be the person that invites them to come here? Why not let the Lord use you to bring them here? Amen. So over the next couple of weeks, next Sunday, we have the kids play. We have Christmas at Center Branch coming up. There'll be invitations at the door as you go today. I also asked Rodney to put just generic church invitations at the front table here and in the Welcome Center that you can just put in your wallet or in your purse. Those are just like evergreen. You can use them all year. But invite people to church. Amen. What would that look like if, you, if everybody invited one person? That's simple math, is that next week there would be double the amount of people here. So it, it's one thing to say, hey, we believe for a thousand, but let's like actually commit and attach ourselves with faith to see this place full of a thousand people. Amen. Okay, number two. For the sake of time, I gotta go a little bit faster. If you want more, come to the second service, just to throw that out there. Uh, number two, share your testimony. The Bible says in Revelation 12, 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Your testimony is powerful. It's the most powerful thing that you have. It's like having a loaded gun on you, ready to use it at any time. Your testimony is powerful. Why do I know right off the bat that your testimony is powerful? Because every time you go to share it, you feel like it's too small. That's the one area that you're attacked. I, I probably shouldn't share it. It's not, that, it's not as spectacular as, as Rodney's testimony. It's not as spectacular as Cam's testimony. The reason you're attacked, Pastor Luke talked about that a few weeks ago, uh, and every one night, the, the enemy comes to oppose you in the area that you are to be the most effective. So when you're attacked in sharing your testimony because it is powerful. But the moment that you let that thing loose, things are going to change. Amen. And it doesn't require any special training to share your testimony. It's just sharing it. Uh, one of my favorite stories from the Bible is in Mark chapter 5. Uh, the demoniac of the, of the Gadarenes or Gerasenes, depending on which Bible you're, you're reading. But this man had a thousand devils living on the inside of him. And he was naked and in chains. And then he has an encounter with Jesus. And he is radically set free. There's pigs dying. There's a mass slaughter of pigs. I mean, it's, it's this whole thing. The town comes out to see it, and people are marveling. Why are they marveling? Because he's sitting there now in his right mind, fully clothed. So that's, that's already a testimony, number one. But then he says, Jesus, I want to come on the Jesus Christ Ministries Roadshow Tour. And Jesus says, no. Actually, go to your family, to your friends, and to your town, and tell them what has been done for you. And that man, he didn't just go, well, hey, well, it's the smallest thing I have. The Bible says that he went to the Decapolis, which is the word 10 cities, telling everybody about what Jesus had done for him. Amen. So no, no special training required. We see that over and over in the Gospels. Actually, Jesus tells other people, like, don't tell anybody. And then they go and they tell. And they, the Bible actually uses the word proclaim. They're like heralding it. Like, hey, you got to hear. You don't want to listen, but I got to tell you. They went about telling everybody 
what Jesus had done for them. And the Bible says that the word about him spread. Amen. I think that God can use us to see his word spread. Amen. What has Jesus done in your life? It doesn't matter if it's something that you see small, like I already said, or if it's something huge. It doesn't matter. Share it. The moment that you share it. If, uh, I love this T.L. Osborne quote. and It says, if you preach him as a savior, he saves. If you preach him as a healer, he heals. If you preach him as a deliverer, he delivers. So whatever you preach him at is what he will be. So if your testimony is, man, he delivered me, well, then when you share your testimony, you need to expect people to be delivered. Amen? If he saved you from, a, from addiction, then when you go and you tell your testimony, people will be saved from addiction. Amen? People will be radically set free the moment you open your mouth. And that needs to be your expectation. Amen? Because when you share, you invite people into the same touch, into the same miracle, into the same um, experience with Jesus that you've had. Amen. So number three, this one's a personal ask of mine, but come soul winning with us. Like, make yourself available on a Saturday for three hours to come. I'm not... We're not just going to like throw you out there. Like we'll train you myself or, or Rodney. Uh, we'll, we'll train you how to do it. We'll teach you how to do it. We'll pair, we'll pair up with you and help you do it. Pastor Luke goes out with people. I mean, there's a lot of people that have already been that would love to, to train you how to do it. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 and 38. I'll turn there real quick. There's a lot to unpack here, but for the sake of time, we'll just look at one key thing. In verse 37, he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his field. So the harvest is ripe. It's plentiful. It's ready to be brought in. But many people in the church, that's where they stop. Lord, I'm praying for you to send forth laborers into your field. But in this word that we have, there is no chapter 9 and chapter 10. I don't know if you knew that, but those numbers are put in there later. That he says, pray, now go. If you keep reading it. If you keep reading it, it's essentially his pray that he'll send laborers. Now you go be the laborers. So rather than thinking, hey, like I'm not going to be a laborer and pray for, for Pastor Luke and Pastor Beth to go out. Hey, as you go, pray for help. Pray for more because two can do more than one. Amen? One can put a thousand to flight. Two can put a ten thousand to flight. Amen? So pray for help as you go. But the harvest is ripe. It's plentiful. Amen. There are people ready to be saved. There are people ready to come into relationship with Jesus right now as we sit here. There are people out there that are praying, God, if you're real, send someone. There are people in the last moments of their life, they're thinking about taking their life and they're saying, Jesus, if you're real, like I need your help right now. 
There's, some, there's, there's moms and grandmas and dads praying for their kids out there. God, like, please send somebody across my kid's path. Please. Please. They won't talk to me anymore. Please send someone. Our obedience to the Great Commission is the answer to somebody else's prayer. Pray that laborers will go into the field. So when we go into the field, we're the answer to somebody's prayer. We're the answer. God has called you, anointed you, appointed you, empowered you to be the answer to somebody else's prayer. People's eternities, they hang in the balance of your obedience. I'm going to share just two quick stories. I know we're pressed for time, but the first one, uh, I know a gentleman through ministry. His name is Dr. Bill Prankard, and he's, he's Canadian, and, and they do missions work into the upper reaches of Canada with the First Nations people. And uh, in, in this one, one instance of this story, he, he bought an old Russian tank because the, the terrain was too intense, and, and it took them forever to get there. And when they got there, they, they opened the hatch, and the, to the townspeople came from all around. And Dr. Bill said, hey, I'm here to tell you the good news of the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And the person that was in charge of the group said, what took you so long? You don't know, for 20 years I've been coming out to this lake every night, and I've been staring up into the heavens, and I've been beholding the stars, and seeing the galaxy, and I've been saying, the person that created this, if you're real, send someone. There are people out there that need Jesus, that are praying the same thing. I know a guy, when he was 24 years old, he hadn't talked to his family in a year and a half. He, he, he grew up in a church, and, and nobody could actually even tell him how to get saved, which is just wild. <laughs> and this, this young man, he would find himself in places, how did, I, how did I get here? How did I arrive here? I don't want to be doing these things, but I'm, I'm here. And, and, and he would pray. Say, God, like, I just need to have an encounter with you. I know how to do, I know that I need that, but I don't know how to do that. And this, this young man, had, had, he enjoyed worship music and stuff. And so he had all these worship songs on his iPod. That's how old this story is. But he, he was, one night he was walking somewhere. And in the middle of listening to this worship song, God spoke to him and said, I'm still here. Your family's gone, your friends are gone, your girlfriend's gone, but I'm here. And in that moment of desperation, that young man cried out, God. And he, the Lord showed him this specific person and said, if I could just talk to this person, I know that everything would change. And the next day, that young man was at work, and through his, the drive through window of where he worked, there was this guy, and he said, hey, is that, is that you? Is that, is that, we should get dinner sometime. And so he went to dinner with this guy. And, and over dinner, this, this young man, he just confessed like everything that had ever happened to him. Everything that he had done, everything that he experienced. 
and he's just crying in the middle of this restaurant. And then that friend of his said, hey, has anybody ever told you that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life? From that moment, that, that young man received Jesus. And that young man is me. My friend never knew from that moment that I would, that I would go to Bible college, that I would go to the, the nations of the world, that I'd be here with you today. He never could have known that. But what he did know was that I have to be obedient to the Great Commission. I have to tell this person about Jesus. And the moment that he did, I had never known the love of God like I felt in that moment. And I knew that for the rest of my life, I had to tell people about that love. I had to bring people into that same encounter. You don't know who you're witnessing to. You know, it could be the next Billy Graham, and I think a lot of people are like, man, that's probably my, my hope. But what if, just because we're in West Virginia, let's be real. What if that person that you go to a young man and you lead him to the Lord, and he's the first man in the history of his family that's not an alcoholic, that is a godly man, that raises godly children, that completely changes and alters a family lineage so it's never the same. That's what happened to A.E. Shuttlesworth in Ida May, West Virginia. So you know Jonathan, you know Teddy, you know Tiff, you know all these people. But it's because A.E. went to a, a meeting he was invited to and got radically saved. And now there's multiple generations of young people and, and men and women in ministry because of that opportunity. Well, that's this week's message. Thanks for joining us. To stay connected with us throughout the week, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can also watch previous week's services on our YouTube page.